Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. So, yeah, so I did. I was not a wrestler uh, in high school, but I did go to uh, Polytechnic Preparatory Country Day School. Um, and so part of the whole intramurals thing there was that, uh, intramural thing there was the blue team and the gray team. So when we had our big color wars week, uh, pretty much everybody did all the sports. It was like the Olympics in your grade and every grade was doing it. So it's like a big thing throughout the school. So anyway, we had to do wrestling and I was one skinny summon a gun. So all my buddies who I walked around with and seemed like the same size as were all in their weight classes. And I was in the weight class with the decidedly smaller guys, <clears throat> but they actually weren't smaller than me. I was actually now allowed to be with guys who were my actual size. And I pinned a guy in seven seconds. That is my claim to fame. Holy uh, shit. In all of wrestling, I kind of, even when I was approached because the coach wanted me to wrestle and I was like, there is no way your guys are all insane. They run around in trash bags on the swimming balcony because it's hotter there. Uh The answer is no. There like, are I was like, no, like rarely in my life am I like, no, that's too much work. That was one time in my life that I was like, let me make myself clear. It's too much work. I'm not doing it. (laughs) <laughs> like then that I, was, I, it. That would, was it. Would it help if I explained that they were wearing sweats underneath the trash bags? It's not like trash bag against skin. Oh no, no. I understood what they were doing and you know, the answer's no. It was too much. Oh, okay. Well and I, I yeah, mean, it was it was I was like, you guys are all I mean the, the level of discipline. Seriously, like I mm-hmm. joke about it being too but I'm telling you, like I, I watched them and I was like, Oh my god, I would hate myself yeah. and all of you. Yeah. And the coach and the sport. Yeah. I would hate Grecos I and mean, Romans, all of them. Mm-hmm. All of it. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it. it is a sport, that, well, like all sports do, but this one requires a, a degree of not just dedication, but like weird obsession. Because yeah. it's like, I love it so much, but it's you, like smelly and weird, and you have to put your body parts all over body parts of strangers and like hit them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's a beautiful, wonderful, weird, weird sport wrestling is. And I guarantee you now there are some extremely rich tech bros in Silicon Valley who have some sort of drill sergeant person or whatever screaming at them to keep running in their sweats and trash bags. I am sure that they're spending $10,000 a session or to for like that. however many se- to, to make somebody do that. Yeah. No, Just I know. Because now, like that's what they do now. I've run in sauna suit for years now, but yeah, when I was in high school, I was like, absolutely Mm-mm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I had the utmost respect for, for everybody who did that. But yes, that was my big claim to fame. I believe it was eighth grade could have been seventh. But seven oh, seconds, yes. I still remember it. And uh, yeah, it was it was good times. Good times were had by all except the guy who got pinned. Yeah, yeah. It is, It in that way, it's one of the saddest sports. Because like when I came in last in any of my swim meets, like right. 
everybody was already out of the water. Nobody cares. Like it was almost an afterthought that I was coming in still a, a lap behind somebody else. But in wrestling, it's like there was one guy who won and one guy who got his ass kicked. And now actually there's uh girls sports too. So feminism, yeah. women can also be ashamed in front of their parents. Sweet. It's great. Sweet. Yeah. That part is, that part is not great. Um, if I could go back, I would be much more um, deferential to the people that didn't get their arm raised at the end. I tried to be always really nice when I, you know, but I, I like, yeah, yeah. I, now that I think about it, I wish I, eh, it's just a terrible thing. I mean, I remember I said I, I was quick pinned once. So quick pin definition is, uh, where, at least where I grew up, was was inside of a minute, um, not inside of seven seconds, coach, <laughs> which is like basically you're still – I'm guessing you never let go of his hand at the handshake before you start and just pulled him down and ganked him. Uh, but um, wow, coach. Wow. That is uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a seven second pin. And I, and I yeah. wrestled for, that's a, that's no joke. Yeah, it was really I, fast. I, that is extremely impressive. Uh, and I don't want to take away from that, but I did see a three second pin once. Three seconds. He was no not. How, how? How? He, uh, the poor kid. He was on our team. He was not very good. I think that he was like a sophomore and it was his first time not only wrestling, but doing any sort of sport. Like he wasn't, I think oh, he was trying it out and it just baby. wasn't. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, he got pinned immediately. And I, because I am an asshole and also a couple years older than he was, I was like a senior, a junior or senior. Uh, and because I'm an asshole. I muttered, I thought quietly to myself, Oh God. Wow. He was on his back before I was. Oh wow. Like like a <laughs> like a dirty like a dirty, dirty slut joke. And and I think I, you I, killed Coach. I think Coach is dead. Oh my so god. So here's the thing is that head coach George Dykes did in fact hear me because he had better hearing than I thought he did. And so he looked over and gave me at first the look that Castleton did and then did start laughing the same way that Bishop did. Like the combined <laughs> combination was what he did. And then he loved me. And then we were very close friends. I'm sure. And I was one of I'm his sure. favorite people. I'm sure. He was like, you're all right. You yes. are all right. Yes. That is funny. Oh yeah. my god. And then he and then he was my history teacher. But he loved he went, we were great. He thought I was wonderful. He really liked me a lot. We all like you a lot, boss. We all like you a lot. <laughs> uh welcome everybody. Um today uh I wanted to capture that because we just started talking off air about uh coaches. Uh, son uh, taking up wrestling and I was saying I wish I lived in the Los Angeles area because uh, over the years I've I've uh, gathered a few tricks and um, putting them together makes makes uh, avoiding three second pins slightly easier um, but yeah it is uh, wrestling is a is an amazing sport and uh, only um, yeah and I, I understand the crazy element to it it was really what what took me uh out of it i i wrestled and played hockey uh they're both winter sports and i couldn't choose for a long time i, I loved them both for you know very very different reasons but um in the end i remember thinking whenever i when you when you get on the ice as a hockey player you do these little chop steps um and and i, and I know that the 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 king of buttercups is listening to this and, and we'll, we'll totally get this 
you do these little chop steps to get up speed. Like you go from the rubberized floor, you're walking with your skates and you step over this. It's always like a cicatrized, torn up plastic threshold where the board area is. Like you close the boards. There's always this torn to pieces sort of plastic threshold. You step over that because you don't want to get like, usually the plastic catches dirt and things like that. You just don't want any of that in your skates because you don't want to lose an edge while you're playing. So you step over that, you get onto the ice, and then you do these little chop steps where you kind of get up and you get up to speed. And then when you're at speed and the wind is going through your mask and you're like, oh yeah, I couldn't run this fast. You know, it just like feels so good. And and every time I I take a little time off from playing hockey, um, I remember, oh my God, these moments of like, once you get back, I'm like, I'm home. I am home. It feels like being home. I haven't even... I'm not even have a puck on my stick yet. And I'm already like, this is, this is where I belong. Whereas with wrestling, you wake, <laughs> you wake up in the morning and then you go to this thing called the weigh in and you're invariably a pound and a half or two pounds overweight. You got to wrestle it. For me, it was 140 in high school. And I was like, not my natural weight was probably 160. You know what I mean? Like, but I was like 0% body. You, know, you, you have no fat on you at all. And right, you have right. to get down and you have like, you have like, you know, an hour and a half to like basically burn that off. So what coach was referring to was people, you know, you would get in our case, it would be you get in the shower room, you put on your this like sort of running suit was insulated running suit. And it had like a terry cloth inner sort of thing or cotton inner and wow. uh, almost like a water resistant outer kind of thing. And then you'd put plastic bags over you'd poke a hole in a plastic bag put it over you and then you get a a um a hose like a like a like a hose that like a, a garden hose what and you just start you just you turn on the the water it's hot as it could in the room and you stand in the middle of the room with all the steam and then you would just start uh doing um uh what do you call it uh like uh, skipping rope yeah skipping rope yeah with the with the hose that's heavy hose yeah, and then you'd go check in, weigh in, and the guy would go, yep, okay, you made it. And then you would go to the, at least at our school, you'd go and then you'd eat 40 pounds of <laughs> like food. You were so hungry and so depleted. And then you had to wrestle that day uh, later on after school, and then you'd do it all over again the next match. And I remember being like, I think the first one's better. <laughs> I think the I'm home sensation right, right, uh, right, right, right. is a little more welcoming. Uh, but yeah, no, no, it takes, takes all kinds and they're both absolutely amazing sports. And I never, uh, never fail to be amazed when I see really, really legitimately skilled wrestlers. So I, I wish, uh, wish you luck. No, I uh, wish your son all the luck in the it'll world. It'll be, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I think there's a lot to be gained as, uh, exactly zero people in the world, uh, will be surprised to hear. I think there's a lot to be gained from just, you know, being a part of a team and doing, you know, so. I, I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad he he made that choice. Uh, I get the sense they don't, um, or maybe just at his school, it's not where they are, but th- that they don't do as much like of the cutting weight, you know, by that those kinds of margins at this point. And I feel like I had heard some stuff over the years where they were like, yeah, just because they're well, not they're no longer only boys, but just because they're boys doesn't mean that we should like have them yo-yoing their weight through high school. Um, so I think that's not a thing. Cause he, I asked like, Oh, well, what weight class would they have you in? And it was very close to his 
normal weight. And I thought, huh, that's not how I remember it. B- but good. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't want you doing unhealthy things, but yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I feel like, because it, it, I was in high school like 10 years after you guys. Yep. You old men over here. <laughs> um, and so they had already, at least in the program at my high school, it already started getting closer to that. Like, Is that right? It might, yeah, it might be like two, three, possibly four pounds. Um, there was also a thing where just, unless you were actually wrestling all year, and a couple of the guys on the team were, because they were extraordinary. Uh, but otherwise, it was just, you would like lose five pounds once you actually started working out all the time. And then that would be your weight for the season. Okay. And so it was like maybe a couple of pounds here or there. But basically, once you were in shape, you were staying where you were. I mean, I couldn't quote numbers because it wasn't, you know, my battle. But I know I watch guys like. Oh, do the worst change. shit themselves. Like physically, I would be like, you look really different. We were on a team together two months ago playing football. And you looked one way. Yeah. And you now look a very different way. Yeah. It, well, it, at least when I was, uh, you know, watching wrestling a week, weekend after weekend, it was that the idea was you were supposed to have some sort of edge on your opponent because right. Right. if you usually weigh 144 pounds and you could cut to 140, you're going to be so much tougher. But that son of a bitch cut from 146. And you're like, so what yeah, are we yeah, doing? Yeah. Why, yeah. That, why are we doing this? This is, Why are this we not, is also true cut, in boxing. Everybody cut weight. Yeah, it's yes. crazy. Why are we it's, not it's both completely. wrestling at 145 if we are two pounds off when we're not starving and dehydrating ourselves? And really, I I do think that it was probably the best idea to make boys go out and wrestle a shit ton and not drink any water, not hydrate whatsoever. Just like with your right. ashy lips, just right. get out there and mm-hmm. rest. That's super mm-hmm. healthy for everybody involved. I'm really glad yeah. you did that for a period. Oh yeah, it protects your muscles from injury. Is what I've. Oh, that's my, my basic understanding. God. Oh. <laughs> if you have I'm not a doctor. Seen, I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> if you have never seen a kid who, like, literally right before weigh-in, when he has not had anything to drink, when they are spitting into bottles, because that's another thing. Like, literally every milligram of water that you can wow. get out of yourself. It's, it was super, super gross. It was not okay. Wow. Wrestling so, is great. Cutting weight is bad. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. to see that 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 morph away. Because that, that did seem like, mm, I can't, I just can't imagine this is a good idea, guys. I like, I like, Coach, that you reference, you play football with someone, that's a fall sport, and then they, they look differently when winter rolls mm-hmm. around for for the, for wrestling, and and this is again northeast. You were in um, uh, the New York area. I was in the Boston area. Bo- Boss's wrestling, where she's talking about the Midwest, is is that's a whole different thing. That, that's oh, really? Not, the worst, the worst, the worst wrestlers on her team would have folded me like a pancake. Uh, oh, and, really? And instantly, and I was and I was a good wrestler yeah, 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 yeah. from where I was. Um, but the, it, it is like it's a religion in the, in the Midwest. Gotcha. Um, Mm-hmm. It's like soccer in Brazil kind of thing. Um, but uh, the but you would see that. You would think, oh, man, I just did two days at football. Like, like I'm in great shape. Right. And then you're wrestling coach and be like, are you? Like, did you ever do tape? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. No, 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 no. You, you, can't, you can't believe. There's a, stu- there's a very, very simple thing called spins, or some people call them table spins. Or there's all different names for them, where you have a partner, and he goes on all fours on the ground. 
and it's, so it's ha- it's hands and knees, and then you put your chest on top of his back, and you start to use him as a table, and you spin around, you use your arm, and you use and and, <laughs> and he will throw up an arm from time to time to make you reverse direction. So he's got to keep his balance when he's underneath you. But you're spinning around as fa- as hard as you can. And you come off like two days in football or soccer, whatever your uh, fall sport is. You do that for f- 40 seconds and you and you want to die. And wow. and then the coach will blow the whistle three minutes later. And, and, you, and you're, dr- you're, drip- you're drenched. So you're drenched. The dude underneath you is drenched. Then you switch. So you are... You want to die now the after table. having spun. Now you're the table. And now you got to throw an arm up and you're trying to make your, and you're like, wait, I'm f- seven minutes into practice. <laughs> like I, and I've never been this tired. And, and so that's how, that's how it begins. Right. Um, right, right, so right. Anyway, the tremendous sport. One, one real, like legitimate fringe benefit of being a wrestler. Um, and, and I can't say this as one man's opinion, but I've seen it in, in, been many places over the years and i don't think kids fight in the way that we used to fight once upon a time like getting fist fights and things right, like that right. um you never see if you know how to grapple on any level yeah it those guys don't tend to be the ones that unless they're getting sucker punched yeah you're not gonna knock tend- him out because by the time you decide to throw a punch you're on the ground and it's a whole other thing he was locked, locked up i can't mm. tell you how many times i've been like where someone was whatever and and then i put him in a in a hold, and then that's it. Then I just waited out. <laughs> just, just waited out till the commotion dies, and be like, "Okay, we good?" Like there, there are two. Yeah, it, what are you gonna do? There's a story. There are two stories that this conversation is reminding me of as we we, we go here. Uh, shocking! I like sports documentaries. So there's a thirty for thirty about the '85 Bears, and I wish I could remember the guy who played center. His his um. He went to pit. Anyway, I can't remember his name right now, but you're talking about how in practice the defense was the dominant unit and the and the offense kind of was like getting up to a level of being like, hey, like you're not just gonna push us around. So anyway, he gets into it one of the defensive guys who happens to forget that he was like this like all-world wrestler. And so the defensive guy is all like chirping, blah, blah, blah. He gets flipped onto his back. Gets up, like, basically talking out of the air hole of his helmet. Rips his helmet off to be like, I'll kick your ass. And and in the confusion of all that, gets knocked, like, out. <laughs> and they both tell the story in the documentary. And the defensive guy is like, yeah, he was a smart one. He kept his helmet on. I was the idiot who got knocked out. I forgot he was a state champion or blah, 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 whatever he was. In is, it, is it Hilgenberg? No, it's the guy. Who, oh, damn it. It's the guy who played for Pitt. Now I'm going to drive myself crazy, but I will look it up. Um, okay, yeah. The, the the other one quickly, and then I swear we can talk about uh, this fictional place uh, of AFC Richmond, uh, is that they're the same guy who they used to call Mongo showed up to practice and told Buddy Ryan, like, oh, yeah, I'm in great shape, blah, 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 after they drafted him. And so they had him running wind sprints, and, and Buddy Ryan's killing him. First day of practice. So after it, he's, you know, head over a garbage can, if you know, you know. And he said, Buddy Ryan. Oh, when he said how great a shape he is, he goes, yeah, I got this new black uh, lab. And we just been going on these long runs. I've been going on these long runs with my dog, blah, blah, blah. So he said, Buddy Ryan comes up behind him when his head's over this garbage can and goes, holy shit, seven to six. We should have drafted the dog. 
I fucking screamed. I thought that was so, I was like, what an asshole. Like, and you could just feel that like coach energy where you're like, I hate you so much right now. I hate you, hate you, hate you. Yeah, he's God, we should have drafted the dog. Is is it Jim Covert? Yes. Yes, it is Jim Covert. I looked up I looked like, up to see who was on who who was on the roster from Pitt. Ah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's Jim Covert. Yeah, but yeah it. it's a great I mean, it's a great story as those crazy stories go, but anyway. And uh I don't want to take up more addition uh more time, but off air at some point I want to talk about the uh I watched that clip of Deion Sanders you were telling us about where he was going on about how he like keeps the records of the fights at practice and all this kind of stuff. Well, you should talk about that. This is, this is like, right. This is very total football stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Like, like explain, explain to people what, what the clip was. Right. And then, um, yeah, yeah. So he's doing this, this interview and coach Castleton, uh, you know, let me know it was out there. So I, I came across the clip. And so he's doing this interview and the guy's talking to him and, oh, sometimes fights break out of practice, which, you know, they do. And if you run enough football practices, like eventually somebody's going to get sick of somebody else hitting them because that's not a normal thing humans should do. And so, um, but but Coach Prime was saying he likes to see that, which on his face, just that, I was like, I like to see it too. I get it, right? I get it. But he was saying like, he doesn't break it up and he lets them fight and he like kind of tracks the records and whatever. And I was like, Oh no, that's not what I mean. My thing about it is if you show me somebody who's ready to get into a scrap, I'm like, okay, you have passion. Okay. Now my job is to teach you how to take that feeling and aim it at the other team. That's right. Redirect as we're going to kick your ass, but not we're going to kick your ass in the parking lot. Like we are going to kick your ass in this game because this is how I now fight. So I was like kind of disappointed <clears throat> because I've heard other coaches talk about that before. And like, it's not bad for guys to get fired in practice or whatever. But I was, I was really disappointed that he like, that it was more like a tough man competition or something. And I was like, really? Like, I don't Anyway, I was very disappointed that that was his take on it. Um, so yeah. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, it was, I it was terrific. Good. And uh, but 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 the fact that he said this out loud and now it was public knowledge. Oh yeah, like if so now that the players know it and they'll be like, oh, I can't, I gotta wreck this guy on my team or else Coach Prime's gonna like ding me, ding me, like, oh, yeah, like not God, play me because whatever. By the way, I knew a lot of guys who could fight, and I wouldn't necessarily want them on my football team just because they suck. Like you know what I mean? Like it's a weird to me. It's a weird way to evaluate like who you're best people are going to be but at any rate but yeah i was very disappointed because my i I promise you i've been in situations where i'm like that's fine like you break it up and you're like all right nobody's is anybody hurt no okay great fine no one's in trouble just knock it off and then talk to them about like look yeah you should get fired up you should get pissed off get tired of this shit I'm, i'm i'm all for it but Directed into the sport, not like let's keep a, a running side record of who kicked whose ass. Like, what is that about? I had a good football coach one time who, if you did that, he would he would pair you with the guy. Oh, to fight. <laughs> so, 
yeah, yeah. Oh, so funny. then all of a sudden he'd be like, okay, great. You fight? Great. You're his fullback for the rest of the day. Make sure he gets in the oh, end zone. Oh, like, and then you're his you. fullback. Oh, I he'd see. Yes, you with the now guy. you've got to work no, no, together. Now you got to work together. Yes, I love that. And he's like, if I see, like, if I see you miss a block, so the dude get behind you gets hit. God help, you. like God help. Yeah, no, that, that's good. That would put him. So he would be like, okay, that's good. That's how I think he. That's would very. Um, remember the Titans, which we can talk yeah, about at some right. other point. Yeah, I guess very remember yeah, yeah, the Titans right. and very like no, I love that. It's got that element. Yeah, too. I yeah. love that. Like yeah, like anyway, I, I was. It was like one of those moments where you're like, you were so close to saying it right. And then, <laughs> um, so yeah, so anyway, um, but yeah, I, I'm very interested I've been, to see what I've happens. Been, I've, been in, I've been in fights in practice. Like I've been like, or been, I, I haven't fought a guy in practice personally. I don't think I'm trying to think, but I've been like, I've seen one of my teammates turn and punch the other one in the face and been like, okay, this is what's happening now. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I, I almost never, I never did. I, I get, I, you know, it's like your temper flares or whatever. But I would just be like, seriously, right, right. Like, are you, are you out of your? Or I would joke, or I would, yeah, yeah, I'd be like, come on, man. Like, we're like, not really gonna do this. Gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, no, it's. Um, anyway. I'm interested to see what happens with Coach Deion Sanders because, in a world where they're, uh, especially in the football world, where they're just not anywhere near enough uh, black coaches, you go, yeah, it's easy to get on his bandwagon. But I'm like, is he flying too close to the sun? I think that's, he that's is. My only, I, yes. I wonder. I just wonder I, how it's going to shake out. You know, it's like you want to be on his bandwagon, but then you go, mm, man, but I don't – that. like I definitely didn't like that yeah. that part yeah. of his coaching philosophy. No. But but you're like, oh, can he – is he ready for the – you know, I, how much so – one of my friends calls it, all hat, no cattle. Yes, um, and I think I know which friend because I think he said that around <laughs> me. But yeah, but yeah. but but it's funny that you say that piece because in the context of what we're discussing, the two pieces actually. One is if you just throw fists like you know dumb little kids on a playground somewhere, usually it ends up bad for everybody involved. Ultimately. As you know, as as we watch these two idiots uh, skulk away from from uh, Kel- uh, Kelsey from, from Keeley's apartment, from yeah, Keely's yeah. house, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, so it's like, first of all, you look like an idiot. Um, but the other piece is, and this is what I really didn't like about that fighting piece. I think Dion, Coach Prime, I think he. Because he has so much swag and he had that attitude, but he also had a level of character. Like, he really was great. And he really did master his craft. Like, I've seen clips and stories. This guy was brilliant. Like, would go to toe-to-toe with Jerry Rice, who's arguably the greatest receiver ever, if not the greatest football player ever in practice. And it, it was like epic battles. But I think he doesn't get the There's difference. A case. No, the case to be made that Deion Sanders is, is, if not the, that he's among the top athletes ever to play this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, listen. It's, 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 he played baseball and, and football yeah, yeah. like at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? What? No, no. It was it was obscene. His level of just physical right. and mental prowess. He was he was 
he would just t- take over half the field away, and that that was it. You'd be a fool if you yeah. Why would you throw over? Like, you might as well just you might yeah. as well just go hand it to the other team and just save everybody a lot of effort. Um, but for me, he doesn't. He's not getting the difference between personality and culture, right? And so he thinks he's creating this competitive culture, but really he's creating cult of personality, where it's like we got swagger and we wear our sun. I don't care. Wear the sunglasses. Do all the things. Like that's all great, but that's not the culture. This is so. That's this is personality. So I love that. What a great distinction. And you know, Coach, this happens all the time. This is funny because uh, my son's favorite, uh, his idol is uh, Sir Isaac Newton, and Newton did the same thing. He was like a, a, just a crazy autistic lunatic. You know, he's like thinking in places no one else ever visits. But they say they said to him one time, like, you know, Sir Isaac, like, how did you come up with this? And he and he was like, this is a direct quote. He's like, by thinking about it a lot. And it's like, dude, nobody yeah, no, knows. No, we like, can't so do he, that. He was under the impression, like, if more people just spent, spent the time thinking, right? You know, it's like, it's like Coach Prime, like, a hundred percent. It's great that you think that you have all this belief in the people, and you want them to have swag. Is one of my least favorite terms mm-hmm. ever for any. You know, I'm not a not a fan. Right, right. Um, uh, I love confidence. Swag is a whole other thing for me, but um, uh. But it's like, dude, there there is literally no one on the planet. Even your best player couldn't even begin to approach the skill level where where you functioned at a that was your median skill level. Right, right. Is so far past anyone, certainly in the college ranks. Oh my god. But you go to the pros today, and who are you going to say? Who has the nobody? Who has the this, right now? Anthony I watch, Richardson. Maybe? I watch a lot of football, and I would argue there's no one right now in the NFL who I would say. Is the level of athlete Dion was Lamar? Maybe. maybe. Lamar I mean, but like, but again, these yeah. are offensive players, right. and he, they don't have to do the reaction thing. Anyway, we, we can get in the weeds about it. But but it's like, how is he supposed to yeah. relate to these people right. who have never even experienced remotely the amount of physical prowess? Well, well, so it, it's it's an interesting. Well, that's also I <clears throat> excuse me. Also, I would say yes. It's the relating piece. But it's also that's this is why most great players don't become great coaches because they can't even fathom. Like he's like, we well, just gotta believe in yourself and, and you know look good, feel good, feel good, play good. And it's like, okay, great. Like <laughs> well, yeah. I, so all those things I'm slow. Yeah, right. But <laughs> I have different muscle fibers than you do. Like I just do, right? And and not being able to appreciate that part. Um, or even that there's a different way to like, not all the toughest people I knew. In fact, most of the toughest people I knew weren't down for like getting in fights every two minutes. I remember having a friend, my friend, Dwayne calendar. I still think about this at least a couple times a year. We were like, we were in elementary school. But I forget what there was. One another guy in our class whose name I won't say in case at some point he bumps into this. But he was <laughs> not a quiet guy. Like he was always in a fight with someone. Like I remember one of our teachers saying to him one day, "Like, do you ever notice that everybody starts with you? Like, kind of like, come on, man, get yourself together." But anyway, this guy is chirping. My friend Dwayne, he really was a bookworm. Like, he played sports in us, with us or whatever. But he was happy enough to sit and read his book quietly and just leave him fuck alone. 
Jerry's chirping, chirping, chirping. And I forget what Jerry said. Dwayne's sitting at a desk reading as everybody's coming in from lunch. And Jerry crossed whatever line he crossed. Dwayne calmly put his book down, got up, body slammed Jerry, sat back down, picked his book back up, and continued reading. I still remember being like, oh my God. What the fuck was that? That was like my first lesson of like, you know what? If you run into a quiet guy, leave him to be quiet. Leave him right there to be quiet because you don't want that smoke. You don't want that smoke. Leave his quiet ass alone. I, but I still That's remember it. I, he sat back down, picked up his no, book, no, no. and continued yeah. reading. Like, what the fuck? Well, but you alluded to the thing, which is like, he's got a code. And he knows what his code is. I, I always talk about how I'm always trying to find, okay, what is my code? Mm-hmm. Where are the lines? Who teaches who teaches children where the lines should be? Right. Do the lines migrate based on the child or do mm. they migrate based on the situation? You know, it's like all these different things. Mm-hmm. But for that guy, on that day, the line was it crossed. Was- he handled it immediately. And then and then Bob's your uncle. As right, 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 right. Well, I'm, I don't know if people say Bob's your uncle. I can't agree on that part. Everything else, sure, but Bob's your uncle. I don't think people are actually saying that. Uh, bish bash bosh, boss. I, that's it. I, no. I, I was no. a full grown adult before I heard anyone say Bob's your uncle. I still don't have the slightest fucking clue why that would be a way to say things are okay, but okay. Like it just was one of those that I just accepted. Like I was like, I'm not yeah. Googling it. I don't really yeah. care that much, but that is a weird thing to say. That's a, yeah. that's a your neck of the woods thing, boss. By the way, that's is a, it? The, oh yeah, yeah. That's a midwestern and Bob's your uncle. Well, I, I, unless unless the origin, you know, we should probably look it up. But the, where I heard it for the first time were, were guys I knew from Indiana. Well, and number one, Chicago is not Indiana. Thank you. Not it, my uh, neck of the woods. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Well, no, no. It's number neighbors. two, They're neighbors of yours, boss. Like, sort of, and neighbors we don't talk to. Wisconsin, fine. Yes, we'll talk to them. They're great. Indiana, come on. And yeah, I'm talking a lot of shit about Indiana right now. Um, and number two is definitely we did not say that in my house, but that is because I had seven uncles on just my dad's side. So it's always a possibility that Bob could be an uncle and we just That's didn't know really about him yet. That's really funny. That's because really, really funny. Because also all three aunts were married. So there was some uncles there. There was the other side. <laughs> Jim's your uncle. Don't... Gary's your uncle. Like it's just like we're just spin out of control. And I know it would a little bit. I, I actually don't have any relatives named any of those names. Um, but actually, uh, it, well, it, sorry, I'm just going to throw some names out here. I was at a friend's house one time and some of her friends were over, like people that I was just meeting that night. And <clears throat> we got introduced. I don't remember how it came up, but I said something about, oh, my brother, Brian. And uh, this woman was like, oh, that's so funny. Uh, I actually work with a guy whose name is Brian Chambers. And I was like, oh, what do you do? And she was like, I'm a physical therapist and masseuse. And I was like, oh, that's my uncle. That is, that is my uncle Brian. That you, you do know my uncle Brian. Oh, that's who wild. Is, is a masseuse. That is who that is. You know him. That's mm-hmm. funny. And actually, there was one other time um, in college, uh, I worked with a buddy of mine. Like, we'd been to high school together. I got him a job at catering. He uh, was a, a cyclist, like into bicycling, the racing and shit, not like motorbikes, but like got actual it, bikes. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I said one time, uh, I requested off one weekend and my boss was pretending to give me shit. She was like, oh, what? You need the whole weekend off? I was like, I'm going back home. Uh, my Uncle Matt's in town. I got to go say hi to him. And my buddy was like, oh, that's really funny. There's a bike racer whose name is Matt Chambers. And I was like, yeah, no, that that's my uncle. That's him. And he was like, your uncle is Matt Chambers? And I was like, you know who my uncle is? Because he that's like. Awesome. Went to the Olympics back in the 80s and was like, no shit. bike racing. Oh, yeah. I, or he might have been like a... The Matt Chambers? See, that's the fucking thing. You don't... Like, who knows about guys who were almost in the Olympics in the right. 80s for bicycling, except apparently uh, my buddy Mike. So, yeah. Huh. When you have that many relatives every once in a while, it they're like, happens. hey, hey, I actually do know that person you're related to. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm glad we stumbled in there. That was That was fun. How about that? Uh, I uh, welcome everybody. Um, I am your host, uh, Coach Castleton. <laughs> With me, as always, is Coach Bishop and and our boss Emily Chambers. We're going to dive right in. It. We're not even going to greet the two of them. Um, we're just going to we're going to just smash right into the the text and start with Ted Lasso entering the hallway of AFC Richmond. We are um, we are now. Uh, coming off the low light of the um, the the, uh, the sort of Jamie and Roy uh, emotional massacre the, scene. The, the, <laughs> there's one one thing about their little uh, tag there at the end at the door when we decide we're off to uh, to get something to eat. It it is the moment in this as much I actually did want Roy and Kitty to end up together. So there was disappointment there even though I was like, all right, I get it. You did your thing. Do your thing. Tell your story. But that moment outside with the two of them then launching right into a debate as to whether or not Jamie got to have a kebab sort of made me go, maybe this is for the best. Maybe, you know, maybe this is the arrangement as God intended it <laughs> because what? Like, you two just had a fist fight. Both went to see the woman you love to declare your love and say to her, choose. She kicked your asses out, and now you're going to go have a kebab together. So, you know what? You're kind of, maybe you two are meant to be together. You ever think of that? I have. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's some really, really creepy Emily Chambers fan fiction uh, yeah. that features that exact uh, sentiment. I, 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 know. I was like, oof. Oh, my goodness. Oof. Yeah. I'm going to give new meaning just, to uh, just, to Roy's... It's like, oh, oh, oh. There we go. I'll see myself out there, Roy. <laughs> fanning, fanning your face. Um, uh, uh, boss, walk us through this scene here with Ted entering uh, entering the hallway, please. Uh, yeah, so Ted is walking down the hallway. He's walking past the locker room. As he walks past, he notices Nate standing in the locker room, staring at the place where the believe sign was supposed to be. And uh, obviously, deep in thought about what that means. And so Ted very gently says, hey. And Nate says, oh, my fucking God. Startled immediately. So we're off to a, a really great start. Uh, Ted says, basically, you know, like, oh, sorry, I was here late, didn't mean to startle you, blah, blah, blah. And then Nate starts in and he says, listen, Ted, 
And he says, I know it's okay. And he says, no, no, please. Can I, can you just let me say it? I'm sorry. And then he starts sobbing and he says, I'm so sorry. And he says, Ted says, oh, buddy. And it's in place of the 60 page letter, the apology that Nate was trying to say, he got down to the core of it, which is he was an asshole and he feels really bad about it. He's really, really sorry. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was uh, only going to say, um, I think if you could not get the 60-page letter down to an apology that was more similar to, say, Rebecca's at the end of season one, if you can't deliver that, this is definitely the second best. Like, just a very uh, unencumbered, very straightforward. I'm really sorry. We both know what I did. We both know I was a dick. I'm really sorry. I I loved it. It choked me up now. Really kind of just thinking about how I felt watching it in the first place. And I know we've each, including me for a change, have had our issues in terms of the Nate redemption arc and does that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we've, 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 we've done all that. But this scene, I mean, for me, absolutely drilled it. And it's one of the things I early on that, you know, when I do it effectively, my life goes better, that I learned about marriage, but really about relationships is stop worrying about what she said and listen to what she's saying. That's, and I remember like sharing that as like an insight with friends of mine. Like, all right, you want to know something? I went down this road before most of y'all. Here's one, right? And what Nate's saying, and that's why I love the way you you frame that. What Nate's saying is the sixty page letter. What Nate's saying is, oh my god, you were the person who remembered my fucking name. You were the person who first took my crumpled up play that I was too scared. To, to show anyone and basically launched me in the direction of becoming uh, a, a Premier League gaffer. And I can't, I can't believe what I did to you. Like, it's so hard for me to even articulate how bad I feel that all I can say is I'm sorry before I'm a puddle. And uh, it just really... I was really with Nate in this moment. Like, I just like that, that level of like, I fucked up. (laughs) Like, I don't even know how to fully articulate how much I fucked up and how bad I feel about the fucking up right now. And I thought that, um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was just delivered brilliantly. Yeah, you're right, coach. And you know about fucking up. Oh, do I? Um, (laughs) <laughs> and so you, you have a reaction to that in a certain way where you're like, all right, I've been there. <laughs> and so it's funny because I, I doubt Boss had the same sort of – I wonder, Boss, what's your relation with fucking up? What's your relationship with um, moments like this when – I'm I sure – I don't know if you've ever been fully aware that you were in the wrong. Um, but in but – in in those situations, do you is it mea culpa or is it like rationalization or like like how how do you because okay the reason I ask is because we've been pretty harsh about the Nate um, redemption 
line. But I really enjoyed that. This is like a complete show. Don't tell less is more, a little more of this. And I don't think we would have had the, um, the reactions we had about the actual trajectory of the arc, because I, I bought this. I was like, I know what this is like. I like that. He was like, please just let me say it. Like he needed to say it the same way you want to get punched. Uh, so boss, uh, just tell me uh, from your perspective, how this moment landed with you. Um, so what I should start with is I think I'm a bad person and constantly fucking up. And I don't mean that in a, uh, like, no, no, I get that. Yeah, like, I, get yeah, it. I, do, I don't mean that like that. I feel bad about myself or that I'm like, no, no, oh, I'm you're, hearing you. you're unworthy of anything. I mean that, like, I think I've mentioned on the show before, I think visualizing yourself as an asshole who can fuck up at any time makes it easier for you to acknowledge when you have fucked up. So I, I think people who act like assholes, I, I think I've mentioned on the show before, uh, Ben Affleck versus Matt Damon. And most people think like, Oh, Matt Damon is such a good guy. And Ben Affleck. Well, yeah, like he's right, fucked up. Right, right. My impression is that if you fucked up or Ben fucked up, he'd be like, Oh shit. Sorry. I really, I fucked that up. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to do better in the future. And Matt would be like, oh, come on. What do you, what, I'm such a good guy. What do you mean I fucked up? So my outlook is I have fucked uh, Luke up. Luke, cut that part. Thank you. No, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I, I will not stand by and hear you malign what, what actually sounds like it might happen with Matt David. But I, I really do love, uh, love me some. Oh, I could see it. I mean, he's a, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think I have we not I know. I know seen it saying. actually happen? I know. I, let's not. I don't, don't I don't, we don't need to malign him. <laughs> and listen, I believe that Matt Damon is a good person. I actually. Yeah. My outlook, fucking great person. My outlook on people is that 90% of them, 99% of the time are trying to do the right thing. They want to do good. They want to be nice to people. I think that. A major issue, and this is actually something that I was thinking about over the weekend that I would like to discuss in our next Wayne episode, because I think it's more uh, uh, directly related to that. But this idea of just because you wanted to help doesn't mean that you did. And just because you were trying to do good doesn't mean that you did. And so what you really, really need to do is listen to other people when they say, like, mm -hmm. I know you tried to do this the right way and you didn't, you fucked it up. It's, um, mm -hmm. God, I know that I've said this before and it's, uh, embarrassing every single time, but accounting has been great for my mental health because one of the things that you do, you spend all month doing your job, you're recording on a daily basis, transactions and everything else. And you say, here, here are what the records look like. And then Later in the next month, you go back and review all of the shit that you did and find all of the mistakes and correct them. So there's this whole thing where like you spend every day doing as well as you can. And then at the end of that, you're like, so how bad did I fuck everything up? It, like, what do I need to make up for? What do I need to make better? What I and we're definitely going to get a reaction from coach in a moment but um oh, he's so angry his head his head he's like shaking his head i feel like he's gonna pull something you want to go first <laughs> yeah no, no 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 that's fine I, that's 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 a whole that's the, uh, the, you, that is a way to live your life is is so i couldn't even I, i'm getting stressed just 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 thinking about that oh. but but like to go through i mean i'm, I'm like horrified because 
you know, my lack of executive function would not be able oh, to, yeah. it would be like, it would be like, I probably fucked up page one. <laughs> oh. And they'd be like, oh, now I have to do the entire month over again. Like, oh my God. Like I would, it would be an oversight too. The way ADHD works right. is like, yeah, it would just be like some absolute, but it would compound. And I, if I did it a day one or something, and then I added everything, whatever, I, I can't even imagine. But when you're saying that I'm like getting breaking out into a cold sweat thinking, Thank God I don't have to do that. Well, I, it's funny <laughs> that you connect with the ADHD piece because I um, did uh, Myers-Briggs years ago um, when I was figuring out what I was going to do with my life. Never did quite figure that out. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> at some point, I got to get back to that. Um, <laughs> uh, but but the, the, one, the number one job they told me, like it was like, the example they used as like, well, you'd never want to be anything like an accountant. Like it was like, <laughs> it was like, if you could put accountant somewhere and figure out where the opposite of that is, yeah. you mm-hmm. should run that way. And run you, away from accounting. It, run and as so, yeah. fast and as hard as you can. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's fascinating to me that you do it and you're good at it and you got, because yeah, that that piece. But owning owning mistakes is such a big part of life and it's not a big I don't think generally a big part of what we teach people. Oh right? yeah. Yes. Yes. Like yeah, totally You know what I mean? Coach. Like how to like yes. I screwed up, own it. Like what you were saying about intentions is so true. Like it I think it's mm-hmm. reasonable to establish to for someone else just so you know, I was trying to move your car to the correct side of the street. Didn't mean mm-hmm. to wreck it. Just so you mm-hmm. know, I didn't jump. I didn't drive into that fire hydrant on purpose, but I did drive into that fire hydrant. So we're going to have to address that, aren't we? And I yeah. think people get so stuck on, I was just trying to move it to the right side of the street. It's like, but you drove it into a fucking hydrant. Like, this doesn't undo yes. the accident. Um, and so, yeah, I, but the idea of like having a job where that's so built in, uh, yeah. that like, yep, I fuck up, I fuck up. I, I frankly, I prefer bosses, bosses outlook to ours. So I know coach and I both grew up with like God complexes yep. and I know I could never be wrong. Um, and so I just, I know, I just know, I know how I used to be. I was a little shit and, and I would be like. You know, no, whatever. Like, I know, you know, I was trying to do something. I was more like exactly what you're saying. Really had a hard time apologizing. And it's something that has hurt me quite a bit in my life. And I didn't have any good sort of mentorship around that. So when I see it in my children or I see it in people I work with or, you know, I always go back to like, okay, like, let's, I, there's so many little speeches that I have for these moments because they're so common. They happen all the time. And I always talk about what's the difference between what's right and what's real. Like, yes, it would have been right if they if this is the way it worked out in a fair world. But yes, it would have worked out, but it didn't work out that way. Now you're faced with what's real. And what's real is now this is your situation. And then I always use the phrase, now who do you want to be knowing this? Mm-hmm. Because you get to decide. Yeah. Yeah. Who who do you want to be coming out of this? It, it, I don't I try not to focus on the event because people get really mucked up in the event. In the details. Like, you know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, the detail. And I go, okay, that's fine. Like once you first of all you have to establish Everybody agrees about the facts of the situation first. And they go, okay, great. Now, and it could be you, me, and me and one other person. It could be a whole team. It could be, you know, uh, something happened with one of our um, 
with a blog that I was running where we got fucked by this corporate entity and we, we got fucked, like completely fucked. And we pulled everybody in. We said, okay, who do we want? And to the be? name of that entity like, is, no, I'm not going to do it, coach. Don't, don't freak out. <laughs> coach was like, no, 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 no. Luke, burn it. Burn your computer. No, no, no. No, no, hey, no I'm listen, kidding, Whatever. I'm we, we, don't, we don't have an NDA. We could say it, but we're not going to say it. We're not, this, this is who we want to be. We want to be. We want to be positive. Exactly right. In the world. Exactly what you were just saying. You're right. I just I don't want to I don't want to be that. There's a there's an element of this thing with with Ted that I love so much because we're going to fo- focus on the Nate side of it. But um, there's this uh, there's this event in in it's so funny. It's like when you know I don't know. This is maybe what wisdom feels like. I, I've always had a hard time pinpointing like what wisdom is in a practical sense, like in, in somebody's life. Like when do you start, when does it start being not just experience? Maybe it's that when you can apply it or something. I don't really know, but I know like uh, wisdom is something I've always uh, s- sort of uh, striven for and something I've always respected in other people. Cause you can sense it when someone's like a weathered veteran, you're like, man, they just, she knows what she's doing. You know, like it's like, man, she's just, there's a wisdom about her, which which is different than just plain experience. But there was this thing, this element of Ted's Ted's um, journey with Nate, where he just never, ever, ever, ever changed his position. Everybody pushed him. Everybody was on him. But he had this inner knowing, and he was like, no, like, I know what this is. No one outside of me is going to tell me what this is. I'm not going to compromise my position on this. I'm not going to change my character around it. Um, you know, it's like, it's like, damn the torpedoes. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be, pr- maybe he's the Wicked Witch of the West or Darth Vader and I'll be proven wrong. I, you know, he just had this feeling about Nate and he stuck to his principles. And this is the, re- it's not a reward, but this is the, you know, there's never, there's never a, a parade waiting for you. There's never, it's funny. I, I know lots of parents of, of autistic children and we always talk about how, you never get this like final celebration when the kid is, uh, oh, the kid made it through whatever, and then everybody gathers around and goes, "Look what you did! Great job!" Like you don't have these moments, but this is as close to that as you get with Ted, where you say, where he gets to have this one tiny little moment in time where he can look back on his side of it at least and know, like, yeah, he was right, and and he never compromised. So I'm gonna jump to a parallel track quickly i think it relates to this conversation but i want to jump to that and come back to this colors <laughs> i'm obsessed nate is wearing the colors of the suit that he took off and put on the black suit when he kissed keely Remember that was an ill-fitting suit. He wasn't right in that, and it was. And I remember saying, yes. "Oh my God, that in all of its plaidness or whatever that would be called, those are the Richmond colors." And he looks ridiculous in it, and he doesn't fit in that. And he puts on the black, and he's like, "Yeah, I think I like this version of me better." Right? This version of me doesn't deserve to get spit at. And and I think it's it's relevant that that's happening here. I don't think that would be a coincidence. But I, I think, so the Darth Vader thing brought that to me. But in this moment, the reason that I think, that I, I think it really stood out to me is this is Nate being fully human. 
And in a way, one of the things that Ted does, and, you know, we got to see um, Dai do the same thing, right? Where it was like, oh, um, don't you worry about me. You know, you go you do, do that and you go, go, y'all don't need to worry about my problems. But you robbed me of an opportunity to love you. I was actually coaching someone last week and maybe these ideas all came together for this reason. And she's, you know, black woman, mom, you know, has been married for years. She's got teenagers, the whole deal. And she just fucking does, right? Like, and it's, she's amazing. She's amazing. She'd never say she's amazing, but she's amazing. And is going through some things right now and was needing to get together for like a trip that they're going on. And I was like, your kids and husband can help. And based on everything I know about our family, I was like, and would help. Like, sure, we all can be shit sometimes, but there's no way your family would be like, no, fuck you, that's your job, right? So I was like, and I, and the phrase I used, and so that's what made it come together for me now as I'm thinking about all this, is I said, let them love you. Right? Because I'm big on love as a verb. And so in a way, Ted, apologizing and forgiving are both loving things. You're very in touch with the fact that your forgiving shows your love, but let him love you. Let him say, I'm sorry. I didn't want to hurt you or, or as opposed to, I didn't want to hurt you. Ultimately, I know hurting you was wrong and it was not the best of me. It's not who I want to be. That's why I'm back here now. That's why I wrote a 60 page letter that you may or may not ever actually lay eyes on, but like, let him love, let him be a full human being. Let him express that piece. And it doesn't, you know, so I I could see where Ted feels like, oh, no big deal. Don't need to go down that road. But it's like, no, no, need to go down that road. Like I'm a person and I'm expressing something that's very important to me. And that's weighed on my heart. Obviously, every point that I can't even say three full words before I'm like bawling. And so that was the other piece that I loved about this scene. Love, 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 love. But that I loved about this scene was how incredibly loving it was. And for the the breakdown and the hug and and for Ted to just say, oh buddy. You know what I mean? Like he could have gone into a whole Tedish speech, right? Oh, I had this friend and he went to this carnival and blah 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 blah. Right. But he he just, yeah, I got it. I got you. We're good. And I and we needed that moment. I don't think I don't I think he would have done Nate a real disservice and their relationship a real disservice if he really had been able to like brush it away. Yeah. I I love that you said that. I love that you pointed out um letting Ted letting Nate love him. Um I think I, I need to clarify that I definitely have not always been good at saying like, oh yeah, I fucked that up. I'm mm-hmm. gonna make it better in the future. I used to be fucking terrible at it. Not just that I wouldn't acknowledge it, but that I would like fully shirk responsibility or like lie about it. Or like I used to be batshit and just pretend that whatever it was that was bad, I hadn't done because in part I was concerned that if I had screwed something up, then and not that people wouldn't love me, but like you need to be this level of good in order to be, taken care of like you need to get up to that level in order to be good enough for people to love you 
And at some point I was like, oh, that's fucked up. Don't that's that's a fucked up thing to think about yourself. Don't think like you can fuck up as a person and people are still going to love you. It's going to be fine. That's right. That's right. So I did eventually get to that point. Um, I think also, unfortunately, one of the things with shitty apologies is that people used to say, well, I'm sorry if your feelings were hurt. And that was a way of putting it on them. We've talked about this, we've, how to make a proper apology. We've, we we've have talked about this. And one, yeah. one of the things we've said is when you say, oh, well, I'm sorry your feelings were hurt, a lot of people would say it in a way that meant like, well, I'm sorry that I did this totally reasonable thing and you were offended by this totally reasonable thing that I did. But I think that there is a lot of value in when it's somebody that you care deeply about, even if you didn't mean to hurt their feelings, even if you think that what you did shouldn't have hurt their feelings, you can say like, I know that your feelings are hurt and I feel badly. I wish they weren't. If I could change things, I would make it so that your feelings weren't hurt. I don't like that you are hurt and I would like that to be different. And even when you think like, I didn't really fuck up that bad, like acknowledging that they are upset is a valuable good thing. Like part of this is that Ted was sad and Nate is sad that he made Ted sad. Even if Nate was like, well, I did these things for these reasons, blah, blah. You did something that hurt somebody. It's okay to just acknowledge that you're sad that they are hurt. It's interesting you you take us down that road because my learning in that area, like where you're like, you know, my learning in that area was I was very quick to go to, well, if you hadn't said X, Right. So if I'm Nate, it would have been like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I was really important around here. And then you brought in Roy mm-hmm. and you put him in charge of blah, blah, blah. And you said he could run training. And like, it's like, no, 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 no. Like all those things might hurt your feelings. That did not mean it was OK for you to say <coughs> to a newspaper yeah. reporter. Guess what? Right. Yes. And and I would. And so when I look back, that was sort of my like my my ongoing gaffe that I had to learn to like, and even when I was like, well, hold on a second. That was my reaction to a thing that happened. The story didn't start with what I did. I have taught myself to just not go there for, at least, even for now, even if I apologize mm-hmm. to you now and we deal with that and having fully dealt with that, then I say, now I do need to point out <laughs> that yeah. I'd appreciate it if you didn't do this. But to meld those and kind of like backtrack off the apology because, well, you started it is always a mistake. It just is. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that it is always, I shouldn't say always good. I think that it's mostly good to give context to the event that happened. If this is the thing that hurt your feelings and this was the thing leading up to that, we could discuss all of those things. At some point, you do need to take responsibility for whatever actions you did that you feel you should apologize for. I should also say like, these things are always tricky. It depends on who you're dealing with and what they're upset about and what you're upset about and getting through the discussion on that. Um, There is a, if you find yourself always saying, well, I didn't do anything that bad and people are pissed off at you. Mm. You maybe might want to Mm reevaluate slightly a little bit. If maybe your gauge is off, that's like the, uh, Raylan Gibbons, if you meet an asshole in the morning, you met an asshole. If you meet assholes all day, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. Like, like, let's figure that out. Yeah. Um, and, and so I do think, like, it sometimes giving uh, a qualified apology, which is I the way that Rebecca did when she said, like, 
I did this because I wanted to hurt Rupert. Like I hurt you guys because I was trying to fuck him over and I'm sorry for that. That's not her making excuses. She's saying this was my motivation. This was why I behaved the way that I did. And I'm sorry that that ended up hurting you guys. Oh, um, oh. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I, this might lead us down a different way. So you might yeah. want to make your point first because I'm going to pick a fight with Castleton <laughs> well, just for fun. Well, but what I'd say too about Rebecca sharing that is she starts out with a rather strongly worded, you know, I forget if she said like, I'm a bitch or I'm a fucking bitch. Whatever she said, yep. it was like, well, all right. It's on. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. that's, oh, that's different. Like, we're, right. I'm a fucking exactly. Bitch. Right. Yeah. And so I think when you fully just, hey, I'm wrong. Yes. I think the discussion of context becomes all that much like becomes more appropriate and it becomes different and it lands differently because we're not gauging whether you're actually apologizing, whether that was actually wrong. You've like, no, no, no. table stakes. I fucked mm-hmm. up. Now there's a conversation I'd like to have about what happened. Right. And I think that that, um, that serves well. Um, last thing, cause I am really waiting to see how you're going to um, drive Castleton crazy <laughs> is that, they, they have an understanding of each other that also allows for so few words. Yes. Right? When they're looking up there, I mean, there's some conversation around it, but I know why they're looking at the wall. They each know why they're looking at the wall, right? Like, Ted, Ted isn't like, what are you staring at? Watching paint dry there? But, like, he knows... Why? Right. And and so I think, too, when we really get to know one another and take the time to know one another, um, that can also shape some of these conversations. Um, quickly, I will share that a, a, actually a really good friend of mine needed me to write something. This was years ago now. And really was on me and it was something I wanted to do, but I was dealing with my own stuff. And those who've listened to all these here seasons of the Ted cast know that uh, before we started any of this, I had lost my cousin. I was just like really fucking struggling. And I couldn't think. I know that sounds like, wait, what do you mean you couldn't think like that? What do you mean? What? I am telling you, I was staring at words I had written and I could not process the words so that I could do the next thing I was supposed to do. And they got <laughs> super mad at me, which I get the frustration, but I really was trying. And instead of acknowledging, well, you're failing, the fact that you're trying doesn't make your failing any more of a problem in my plan. They essentially, and I think they describe it this way, attacked me as like not giving effort and caring about the thing. And they were pretty, wow. It was, it was, it was stated strongly. Let's put it that way. And it was so intense. And we had such a relationship before that, that I actually didn't get outwardly pissed, which is actually the worst. That's like, you don't want Orlando to go to that. But with this one, I was just like, I am done. Like I can't ever talk to you again so i guess that's that then and we did we like 
someone I was in very close contact with all the time, and we didn't speak for months. And even at one point, they needed something like specific from me, and they contacted me for it. And I literally was like, the answer to your question is boom, and like sent that back and just... So I know they received that and were like, oh boy. Um, (laughs) But I say all that to say they came back later and having done some work on their own and blah, 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 said, you know, that is not how I want to behave, blah, blah, blah. And instantly, actually, this is not the one that I told multiple times, but this was a work Mm -hmm. thing. And instantly I was like, okay. And it's that yeah. was when it really struck me how much both apologizing and forgiving can be acts of love. Because I was like, yes. we've been through a ton. You've done a thousand great things that I couldn't possibly even figure out how to repay. You did this thing that crossed my lines. You've apologized. We're moving on. I'll see you work on Monday. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't literally work on Monday, but you know what I mean? Like I and so it, do, this, it doesn't. This, it doesn't have to be love, though. Also, coach, it can be just also like respect and character and maturity. It's it's Trent and Roy in the shower room. Yeah, where Trent owns it. Yes. says like yep. he says, "Look, listen, I'm sorry. Yes. I was trying to make a name for myself. I it was unfair, whatever." And Roy says, "What? It's fine." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, wait, what? Like, yeah, like right. Right, right away. Like, it, it, and it's exactly emblematic of what you're mm-hmm. saying. It's both sides of it. One person. I think we really, as people, tend to appreciate accountability. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's something that's just like not emphasized enough in society where it's like, yeah, just be. I mean, when I'm telling my kids or I'm telling coworkers or whatever, friends, you know, it's coach will attest to how many people, how many calls I get a day. Mm. And, and, and I just go, all right, well, what, like, who do you want to be? Like, you know what the facts are. You know, oh, but they're the one. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Will they change? No. Okay. So it's either beholden on you to change, or it'll be just you know nothing's going to happen. So whatever those those situations are, and like Boss says very very wisely, situationally you have to address you know the elements of whatever the people are, the situation, and and, and all the uh, the disparate elements. But um, you know, and, and judge it on, on those particular merits. But in general. You know, you can sort of. Uh, I think. I think we, as a society, uh, appreciate accountability in that way, and and the absence of accountability, especially in places where we've taken it for granted for most of our lives. Well, this is what I talk about the the all the foundational structures of society that have eroded to the point where you're like, seriously, like, th- like. My doctor's lying. Or, you know, like we hear about right, the guy right, Larry right. Nasser, oh. who was the the doctor for the, right. And you go like, oh. are you like, right? So those things yeah. where you go like, I've taken this. Yeah, like, come on, man. I I like politics. I like politics. Um, like about as much as I like uh like getting shots. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I I don't I want my politics handled. I want respectable honorable people doing the right thing for society and it's like it never happens anymore you're just like oh my god maybe it never did happen but at least we were boss is nodding but at least we were deluded enough to think okay well you know the wheels of 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 society are rolling on and, and i can think about other things i never wanted to be this aware of all the shitheads that are destroying everything and so you know it's all part of it's all part of this 
this grand tapestry where you have to say, take every situation, decide who you're going to be inside of it. And I'm assuming boss is going to talk about Ted here. So uh, go ahead, boss, take it away. Well, actually what I was going to say, number one, I agree with you like that. I think also there is something about um, millennials being the first generation to not become more conservative, but also we're the first generation where when we got out of college, and that of course is not a specific time, but roughly when we uh, left what is supposed to be our childhoods, we had three or four once in a lifetime recessions. Like we immediately got hit with thing after thing after thing. So there sometimes when yeah. even people a little bit older than me talk about institutions feeling. I'm like, Oh, those bitches were gone by the time I was an adult. Like, yeah, we had, we had none of the first election that I got to vote in. They were like, we don't know who's president. It's maybe Bush. It's maybe Gore. We'll, we'll figure it out and let you know, like just straight out of the gate, nothing. But um, what I was going to say is the idea of Ted getting a little bit of a reward for always standing by, like always being there, always being ready to forgive Nate. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think, again, my only issue with that is that Ted is not there alone. And that means that he was asking other people to also deal with Nate and Nate's shitty behavior while Ted was standing back waiting, knowing that Nate was going to come around. But there was a little bit of like, he was being shitty to Will and he was being shitty to Colin. And um, there is a line in You're the Worst where somebody warns Jimmy that if he and Gretchen get married, it's going to be terrible. And uh, this guy says, you'll destroy each other. And Jimmy says, there's no way I'd rather go out. I think that that is a level of like, I'm going to pick her and I am going to like suffer whatever it is that this relationship requires because I care about her so much. But there's also an insulation for other people that you can walk away at any point. Like I am going to dedicate myself to her and she might be terrible to me and I can fucking live with that. But I think you need to be very, very careful when you decide to do that, that you aren't accidentally making other people privy to that because you need to make sure that you're protecting them from it. You know, <clears throat> Oh wait, hold on. Coach. I just want to say excellent point. boss. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Thanks. No, that made me, th- I mean, that really Honestly, made me I really think, do. Yeah. Like, yeah, I really do, and I think I think that's an excellent point. And it's also a form of selfishness and delusion where you're like, well, I will be noble and strong in the face of adversity. Like, can you guys go quickly and grab me some lunch? Um, I'm going to – like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We exactly. can all do that if yes. everyone else is carrying your fucking laundry. Yeah, sure. That's – boy, what a strong person. Right. So, yes, you make a very, very good point. And in certain ways – uh, I, I can absolutely see how how uh, I, I I guess my taken taken I'm going to take these two thoughts apart and say my my goal in that was you're, you're right there's a there's a proverbial pitfall there um, and uh, I don't want to my I don't want my uh, appraisal of Ted's steadfastness in his uh, uh, in his, in his sort of conviction about Nate. Um, that's not an excusal of his uh, inactivity with regard to Nate's shittiness as he got shittier and shittier. Yeah, I'm not saying that, I, but I do. I'm just saying, like, 
I think it's like re- people are very malleable. Uh, I, in my experience, again, one person's experience. It's just because society has waned or ebbed, or, or at least that's my perspective, because of the Gordon Gecko years and because of greed is good and, and because we can sort of, uh, the, the term spin instead of lie, things like that. Um, it has become very easy to do the wrong thing and very difficult to, to do the right thing in, in a, in a, in sort of a holding pattern with other people. You'll, you'll constantly get affirmation, uh, about, okay, this is fine. And boss, you and I will definitely disagree about this. Like when I talk about, you know, I really hate, um, you know, just, just casual deceit and white lies and, oh, you know, we're going to, you know, I'm feeling sick, so I'm not going to come in. It's just like, for me, I'm like, it's just so, and, and that those types of things will be constantly okayed by society and your peers and your coworkers and your family. And it's like, yeah, totally fine. Um, you know, uh, and so for me, I think it's very, very difficult to sort of have the support to do that what Ted did in this case and say like, okay, I, I just believe this is true. And and I don't want to miss the point that this is a moment between two people. I know that this is a team mm-hmm, and I know that this, mm-hmm. this is like a whole thing, but I don't want to gloss over the fact that like what's happening between these two people is something that's like fundamentally only understood by these two people in this particular case. And I think it's easy to miss that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, because so for me, Boss's point really landed um, in that we we part of part of managing these kinds of situations, I do think is considering the fallout for others. Right. And 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 I do think I mean, I I think saying, you know what, I thought about it. Jamie didn't have a dad or, you know, a good, good dad around, you know, that's something that helps Sam and and me make better choices. So I'm going to, right. But I do think, okay, then you also have to do the heavy lifting part of going, uh, Hey Sam, can I see you in my office? I'm about to do the single thing you don't want me to do in this world. Like you'd rather me firebomb the place where you live than do what I'm about to say. And I'm going to explain why I'm going to do it. And I'm going to understand that you may not like it, but I'm going to face you and I'm going to own it. And I'm going to acknowledge openly that it impacts somebody other than me. And, and I will say as much as I thought, yes, bringing Jamie back, like I got all those pieces I think you just did a really good job of articulating part of what was in where there was an imbalance. Like so much of it seems so well balanced. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna wait. Now it's like a you know it's like a, a, a kitten or a baby, and if they'll come to you when they're ready, and it all sounds great, but it's like yeah, well he wasn't fucking torturing you. Yep. Yep. Right. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and so I, 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 yeah. So I, I guess I, I, I stand by the decision in terms of as I watch the show and like I would want to be that I would want to be the version of me that would allow me to say to Jamie, 
you know what? Come in, you know, things are going to have to be different or whatever conversation they had. But I would hope that I could also have the courage to stand up at the very least in front of the whole team. But but I would think one-on-one with Sam, given the conversation we had and say, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm not asking you to like it, but I am saying I think it's best for the team. And I am saying that it's in line with who I am as a coach and is why I need to do it. And I hope you'll trust me. And Sam, guess what? Sam might go upstairs and tell Rebecca, trade me. Yeah. And you got to live with that. But he kind of skirts having to deal with that part. And and I'm hearing you on that. I'm hearing you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is the part for me that it's missing. There's also like. I mean, come on, boss. Won't anyone think of the white men? (laughs) I mean, only banks and housing and the GOP and large parts of the DNC. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. for, oh, forget it. Forget it. No, but, no, 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 White men cannot get a fair shake anyways. It's the worst. Earth. But here's here, here's something I will share. Uh this is is speaking of we'll talk about the community later and and coach will mention that you can go into the uh show notes and all that and you should and it's fun and the people there are fantastic. And shout out to my BFF Buttercup. Um but uh yeah so i'm just gonna do that from time to time i'm gonna stop us like like that's a promotion but anyway but no really i listened speaking of the state of white men in this world i started listening to the national Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I posted, you know, a couple, I guess, a couple songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So I started, you know, Mm -hmm. I had no idea y'all were so goddamn sad. I don't know what's going on. Oh, my God. I feel like just everybody listening, everyone within the sound of my voice right now, you see a white man, give him a hug. God damn. I was like, this is some sad motherfucking music. It was great. It's great. Beautiful lyrics, like I'm like, wow, this is fucking poetry. Like, no, but I was like, God damn, y'all, you don't never see a pretty yeah. flower or nothing. Shit, it, it, no. It, well, <laughs> God damn, they everywhere. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh like, my god, you got you, you guys. It was honestly white dudes, and, and I think that there's um uh, a friend of mine. We joke. Uh, we both had, you know, slightly rougher, slightly poorer childhoods. Not that, not ideal. Not leave it to Beaver. Um, and so now, sometimes she and I will joke where we're like, "Oh, we like I've said on here, like I have a checking account. Like I fucking made it. I'm I'm doing great that's with my shit. life. That's real. That's fr- that's fucking for like that's very. I, real. I have a very yeah, small yeah, yeah, yeah. but a very real uh, retirement account. Yeah. Like I have money for right. when I get even older. It's wild to me. Like yeah. that's fucking obscene. I now shop at Aldi, but for fun and not out of necessity, <laughs> like when I was a child. <laughs> anyway. Right, right, right. So the, I, I do, I, this is not to extend more sympathy to white men because God knows they don't fucking need it. But I do think that there is an element of <laughs> when you compare your life to what you think think it should have been that's right versus what you actually have managed to do you're always going to be disappointed like every single time because whatever it is that you thought you were supposed to do 
whatever it is that you have done, you feel like you should have done more. I was supposed to be this by this age. I was supposed to have done this. I was supposed to have gone here. It's like, well, fucking, do you have a house? Then you're great. Then, then you're, then you're good. You're doing okay. It, it's, I love that you bring that up. And there's, cause there's a, uh, there's a documentary on Jonah Hill's documentary that's on Netflix about uh, Stutz. And I forget his first name, but Dr. Stutz. And so this therapist like deals with all sorts of celebrities, blah, blah, blah. I've seen some other stuff about him otherwise. But he talks about what you just said. And what he talks about is the fact that when we imagine that, like that life that we kind of like, that it's, and I'm adding the vision board imagery, that it's kind of a vision board. Like it's an image. But life isn't ever an image. Like it happens in time. So you never are going to be in this still idyllic image. And no one had ever said it to Maybe I wasn't ready to hear it. But as far as I can think of, no one had ever said it to me quite that way. That, you know, because I had some of these images and they're not my life right now. But that's because I lived an actual life. (laughs) <laughs> like I lived an actual yes. life where yeah. some things went right, some things didn't go so right, you know, whatever. And um, being able to to live in that in a comfortable way, not like settling for it. But uh, Stoics have a thing called Amor Fati, which is like literally a love, like love your fate, like lover, lover of fate. Um, And it's a powerful idea. Like, it's not just like, I will accept what is, or I will tolerate what is. It's, I will love what is, which is incredibly powerful. It has, it has helped me (laughs) in the ways that I'm able to work on it because you go like, this is, but yeah, that, that sense of like life was supposed to be a certain way. It's not that way. Um, I would imagine seriously that, for an average white American male, you can help me out here, coach, that there was an image of like running shit and of being at the top of certain ladders, even if you didn't think of it that way and having, you know, most of the rest of the country go, yeah, about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to get fucking old. Like, even if on some level you're like, yeah, 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 no, good point. Like, there's got to be party that's like, yeah, yeah, but I didn't do all the work. I didn't live my life and watch the men who were men when I was a boy be that so that I could grow up and not be that because that was fucked up in the first place. Like, that's what I imagined. And now what? And I think there's a lot of that in the world. I can't exactly speak for white men, but yes, no, I think even there are elements of my life where uh, I think I was talking about uh, regretting something one time in therapy, maybe fucking up college or whatever it was, like a regret that I had. And I was like, I just don't understand why I didn't do this, 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 or this. And she was like, well, you, you right now could do this, 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 or this, but 20 year old you could not get that shit done. So you can't be mad that she wasn't you because she she was who she was. So you could be who you are now. Like those are two different things. And I think that that's always a really good point too. Like yeah. when you come up with these ideas when you're a child, right? Then you grow up and you're like, oh, that's not how shit runs I can't, at all. I can't I can't be that because I was wrong about what I thought I was was going to happen. Yeah, and 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 there's something about being committed. I had a, a different client. And, and actually one of the episodes of Unstuck AF. And she talked, she talked about the fact that she'd wanted to be a doctor, 
from the time she was five years old. And she did it. She fucking did it. And she became, um, now my brain's not giving it to me, but the person looks at the slide and tells you the person's got this or they don't have that. Damn it. The words, it'll come to me. Radiologist? No, but that's in the ballpark. It's, uh, anyway. Uh, looks at the slide. They're like, ah, anyway, I'll, I'll come up with the word in a minute. But they became a doctor. Like they, lab coat, the whole deal. You've got cancer. You've got this. You don't got that. You're going to live. You not so much. The whole deal. And they found they were 100% miserable. So miserable that they went to a doctor's visit, depressed, and their doctor said, you are to go home. You are not to stop at your office. I am actively forbidding you because of the state you are in. I am forbidding you from stopping at your office to get your things. Like, that's how horrible it had been. And one of the things we got to was, how long are you going to be captive to the decision-making prowess of a five-year-old? Right. And once we got to that, it was like, holy shit. But, like, I do it all the time with the 17-year-old. I'm like, what the fuck did he know? What the fuck did he know? Why would you be judging your life based on what that 17-year-old knucklehead had to say about anything? This is this is this is exactly right. This is what we're coming up to. And this is what this is what Nate is faced with here in this moment. He is, you know, he's written a 60-page paper about it, mm-hmm. but really um, you know, he's this is him deciding to to be who he needs to be in this moment and there's a lot of character there and um in the same way that it's generous of spirit for him to take ownership of it and be accountable. It's also, it would be, it would have been very, very selfish and would have been old Ted and not good Ted had Ted been like, no, 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 no. I don't, you don't need to say it. Like, cause that's, again, that's carrying water for him that, yeah, that he needs to carry. That's, and that you wouldn't be respected. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, that is a huge piece of my takeaway from the entire series is how important it is for us to carry our own water. Not in a, well, fuck you, suffer under the weight of it. But if you just take it off people, they don't learn these things. They just don't have these experiences. And it's not lost on me that Nate is surprised by Ted in a way that is incredibly similar to his father coming into the room that he has a reconciliation that's very similar again. And I wonder if he could have gotten to the 60-page paper if he and his dad hadn't had their talk and they hadn't played their little board game. Like, I think he had a lot going on. Doesn't excuse it, like we were talking about earlier. But that's some shit. Like, when Ted said to him, what do I need to learn here? Ted, you ain't got to learn shit. You was running a team. And one of the great players in your franchise's history, not to mention now a personal friend of yours, who you watched fix your new captain in a friggin' evening. You, you, you're, this is the part where you apologize for having him on the sideline. Like you didn't do shit. Like Nate had to go deal with some of that to even be able to have this moment, and um. Yeah, it's 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 hard work, man. But 
once you do it, it's 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 humongous. I do think that even the fact that he yelled, you know, I, I'm losing the phrase right now, but whether it was holy fucking shit or whatever he yelled, even that was very similar to what he yelled because he, he had to apologize to his dad because he had cursed. So that's why it's kind of stuck in my head that he said, you know, oh, my fucking God or whatever, because he like realized who he was talking to. So anyway, um, this one punched me right in the feels, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, no, well, that's 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 for sure. Um, it is a beautiful moment between these two. It is uh, the end of a very, very long road, a road sometimes that had landmines on it. But um, we we finally get to this place of accountability and connection. There's nobody here. It's not performative. It is a moment that is unique to the two of them, and something that was a long time coming. And so. You know, Ted is at first a little bit surprised by the power and force of the hug, and he does this, this thing that I really liked, where where he 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 accepts the hug, uh, and, and you know he's a little bit surprised by it, and then he kind of just puts his head on Nate's head in the moment, Fucking which is like very yes. paternal and yes. and sort of it's just this accepting, uh, it, it's like an extra acceptance. It's like you feel that and. If you're Nate and you go in there for that hug and there's like, you know, you can feel like the sort of standoffishness, but then like that second additive beat um, is almost an exclamation point about like, yes, man, we are good. Like, you know, yeah. I'm here with you. I'm in this moment with you. Yeah. Well, and that felt very reminiscent of his hug back at Rebecca when she apologized that because he was startled, mm. like, he had his hand out. She startled him with a hug. And then like the way that he wraps his arms around yes. her is sort of a beat yes. later. Yes. Also, and I don't want to take it too far, but I wonder on some level, is Ted's ability to accept this apology, as much as I'm like, Nate need to go off and deal with his daddy stuff so that he could write, is Ted's ability to accept this apology, to catch himself after his initial, like, hey, you don't have to, whatever, tied to the work he did with Dr. Sharon. Because guess what, man? Sometimes people do things that hurt us, and it has nothing to do with us. It's always that moment where somebody says, like, oh, well, whatever it was, it wasn't, you know, whatever thing we're talking about, it wasn't personal. And it always sounds a little bit crazy. But when you think about it, sometimes it's not personal. Like, this, per- that's just this person. They are... You know what I mean? They're going to get halfway across that river and they're going to sting you. And it's because that's their nature and or that's the state they're in right now. And um, because people hurt you or leave you, that doesn't have to be a reflection on who you are or even what you meant to them. You know, you know, my dad didn't commit suicide, which puts me, you know, behind uh behind boss in the pain olympics <laughs> yeah. two, two times i'm yeah. like jesus christ you're like the you're like the goddamn um, edwin moses of trauma over here no i'm kidding um, 
no, no, that's fucking awful. I love that I love you enough, and you know I love you enough that I could do that, oh, yeah. and you can laugh. Um, <laughs> oh, 100%. Right. I talk about the suffering Olympics all the time. Like, oh, my God. I'm not going to... Usually it's about not participating in it, but if I'm getting gold, then yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, do this. You 100%. But like, I remember having to work through my, you know, I, you know, stuff you find out with your family, whatever. My parents got divorced when I was five. And basically, there was some shit that my dad wasn't going to change. That's what it came down to. Like, at the end of the day, as I've like put together everybody's stories, like, he was a certain way, and that was the fucking way he was going to be. And his answer to that was, yeah, and you should put up with it. And my mom's answer to that was, I don't fucking think so. So that was the end of that. Love them both. Adore them both. Made my peace with everybody, but that's reality. And for a good chunk of my adult life, I was really pissed at Wait, him. wait, wait, Coach. Coach, that's the where I, that's the distinction where I go. There's the difference exactly right there between what's right and what's real. That is exactly uh, where people be like, but but shouldn't he have done this? Or shouldn't my mom have stuck it out? Long? Like, okay, right. That's great. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, if everything, if we could wrap everything up, right, right. But you had to make your peace because you recognized what was real. Yeah. This is what is happening. It's not a fantasy world. This is it. I have to I have to contend with what is actually the cards that I've been dealt. And and I love that you did that. And it takes a lot of character. And and, and but that distinction is is very murky to a lot of people. Yeah. I don't know why that's such yeah. a it's such a strange diving board that people will not jump off of because they want to focus on what should have happened or what should have. You know, they're like, that's the word. That. I'm telling you, I have trained myself. It is reflexive at this point. Like things you teach an athlete, like if they do this, you do this. If they do this, you do this. the minute I start hearing as a coach from other people should, or I start on should, 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 I know I'm going down a bad fucking road. Back up. You are not living in reality. Stop, stop, stop. Why are you so, why are all the shoulds? What's, what are we trying to like make work here? Um, but yeah. no, yeah, absolutely. And I, but I was, you know, my thought before I did that work was he didn't care enough about me. Mm-hmm. If he had cared about me, it would have been I I would have been worth the effort of whatever had to be fucked. Yes. And I took that shit so personally for so many years. And to finally yeah. be like, nah, he was where he was. And his amount of love for me had zero to do with it so when you know for when ted finally tells that story of his father reading the book again didn't lose my dad that way but that's a really cool moment when you go yeah there's all this shit i get mad about all the time but there was this fucking time that blah 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 mm-hmm. and now that i'm on the topic you know what i mean it's like i have a lot of good fucking memories of this person i was so pissed at you know, yeah. there's a, there's a really beautiful piece test. Anyway, sorry, that kind of went. No, it, it, actually, I think that the three of us so rarely fully 100% completely agree on a point that I need this <laughs> to be called out. Yeah. Because um, I think that that idea of should comes from a place where what you want is for the pain to have not happened to you. Yes. And so you create this sort of other world where if they had done the right thing, I wouldn't have felt that way. And that then I would have been fine. 
That's right. And instead of thinking like, well, okay, they did this thing. And so I need to figure out how I feel about it and process it from like, how am I going to grow through this situation? You focus on if they hadn't done that. And then you just become obsessed with that idea. If, if it's somehow getting them to make it up to you, getting them to have made the pain never happen. Well, the pain happens. Like you can't, you can't wish the pain away. So you have to process through. And that is accepting they did what they did. It doesn't have this reflection on me. This is what it means. They're fallible the same way that I am. And mm-hmm. everybody fucks up sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's the, the word I've, I, and I think we've talked about this some, or I might, I might've been saving it for the part, but at any rate, there, there's a really powerful piece of the, the lasso way, AKA the Richmond way, AKA the new culture around there. And Ted liberates people. It's like, yes, essentially Mm -hmm. and fundamentally what he does. And what I would say about what you just shared is that is a way of liberating yourself. So I could still with the friend I was telling you about who blasted me over the professional thing and they weren't wrong. Like the thing needed to move and I wasn't moving it. (laughs) But they were wrong to, like, scream at me and accuse me, Orlando Bishop, who you know well, of not caring about the project. Like, if there's anything, yeah, that's, like, just not a real thing that anybody would say about me. Is like, oh, I was working on this project with Orlando, but he just didn't give a fuck. And he just, like, that's never, that's never the problem. Ever. And so it hurt. But, like, I couldn't, like to spend the rest of my days going, how could you say that to me? Because sometimes we get upset and we say shit or we feel a way or you remind me of my fucking uncle or whatever it is. And, you know, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like, and that's it. And, you know, and, and I do think there's such power for you. That's where the whole, like, you apologize for them piece. Or, you, you know, you forgive for them. I mean, you forgive for yourself, not for them. And I do think we did a good job of sort of parsing that a bit. But that's the part where that absolutely resonates with me. If you cannot release, I don't want that pain to have happened. You're stuck and you're going to stay stuck. And that's it. I, I always I always say I agree, coach. And I always say, like, you know, humans are messy. As soon as humans get involved, it's going to get messy. The difficult part is being able to step back and identify your role in it and say, okay, like, how am I going to proceed based on what I know about, about, uh, about all the, all the, you know, variables that happened? Um, we get this beautiful moment where these guys hug and then Ted pulls back and then he says, you know, it's funny. Like, which I like Fantastic. because now he's going to take some of the air yep. out of this moment. Yep. He's still the mentor. Yep. He's still like, he's also has, in that he is doing his farewell tour, he has the, like a little bit of luxury of like building some nostalgia into the moment because he knows he's out. You know, he's not going to have to deal with Nate on a daily basis. Now it's just generosity of spirit at this point. Right. Right. Um, and what does he say here, coach? You know, what's funny. You only ripped it up once. I tore that sucker <laughs> down and ripped it up two times. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. And he did. Like, right. right. Like we're sitting there going, oh yeah, he did do that. But also that's part of the forgiveness piece. Right. Like to me, at least it's like, I said, it's okay. But if I can have a chuckle with you, 
I'm now I'm like helping you experience that we're good. Right? Like it's different than yes, I forgive you. You know, I accept your apology. Yeah. But yeah, that moment, yeah, I thought that moment was great and true. And you know, obviously a bit of a seed that gets planted for us. This version of Ted is a very interesting version of Ted. And I almost wish we had more of him throughout the series because this is this, this piggybacking off of him being silent with Rebecca, where she's like more like drink. What does she say? Drink, sleep, fuck, or whatever. Uh, I forget uh, what that drink is. It was sleep, yeah. drink. It, yeah, it was sleep, drink, fuck. Yes, yeah, so, right. Like, wow. Okay. So like that, that was the little treacly cutter for that. But he, but he, he was silent. He was like this very, you know, he's, he has this, 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 um, uh, presence, this sort of very calming energy to him where he's always so frenetic. And in this moment, even after he says to Nate, yeah, I ripped it up once. I tried that sucker down, ripped two times. Nate's like, did you really? He's like, yeah. And then he just, he says, so he says, so we're already in the clear. You were already in the clear, you know? Um, and Nate's like, okay. And Nate is still very emotional. And then Ted like re- just kind of stares at him in this way. Like, I, I don't know. It's such a, God, I, I, it's a look I think about a lot weirdly when I think about this episode. Cause I'm like, wow, that it, it is very supportive. And uh, there's a kindness. Of th- like, it's like, it's like, are you good? But I'm also like looking at you in a way where I'm telling you you're good or I don't know. Boss, what do you think about this? You, you had something to say. Uh, this version of Ted is the Dottie version because what she said was, and fuck you too. Like she was very quiet when he was going through his thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And then apologized and said, you know, you need to come home still and fuck you too. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Those moments are that big. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Those moments, those, those moments are big. Um, so we're moving to the to the sign as they both look up at the sign that's no longer there. Um, super American reference, so I'm going to go ahead and just own that. The first time I went home to New York and I was on the train, and some trains go over the bridge and some trains go below ground in New York when you're going from Brooklyn to Manhattan or vice versa. And the first time I was on a train going over the bridge. I looked over and I was like, Oh, we're like, like thinking like, I'm going to see the, like, not I'm going to see the towers, but I'm going to see what happened. You know what I mean? Like somehow I was like looking toward it. And I realized like, you can't actually see a thing that's not there anymore. But I did like, it was like a, like when they say like, um, you know, people lose a leg and then they have like phantom itching or phantom pain. Like it was a bit like that. And so I find I, this also resonated this moment of like, huh? Like it's gone. Like this thing we were talking about, it is actually gone, but it's not. And, uh, I don't know. I've always found that fascinating. Those of you who have seen any of my other storytelling though I jump around in time like a lunatic, which you would never guess based on <laughs> our conversations here. But no, really, and I remember when I first came up with the thought, like, huh, so a story is a collection of moments, but what if a moment is a collection of stories? And I still, that's still like at the heart 
of like a lot of my storytelling and how I see things and how I think about things is like, what if a moment is a collection of stories? And uh, for me, that that was this, right? Like that was Ted showing up and that's a mighty fine sports drink and Nate, like the whole team touching the sign and Nate looking like he wants to either firebomb the place or throw up or both. Like it's all there in this moment at looking at our now bare wall. And I thought it was really well executed. Yeah. The, the shot from behind framed with the two of them looking at nothing where every person who loves Ted Lasso can also see the belief sign. It is a beautiful moment. Now I get a little freaked out by it because I think uh, as much as I like to uh, applaud the concept of belief when we're talking about coaching and teamwork and things like that, I tend to get very scared of the concept of belief in other realms. And I think it can be, can get real dicey. Um, but in this moment, it is, uh, it is beautiful and it's a, it's a powerful moment between them. And uh, once it's, once it's done, we get a little sort of, Nate trying to compose himself and, you know, they just have this, this little beat and Ted says, uh, that's it. Good night, Nate. Good night, Ted. And, uh, music kicks in and we're on to the next scene. Beautiful stuff. I kind of never thought we'd ever get to the next scene. Um, but, uh, but, uh, we've only been talking about it for like four or five minutes. What are you talking about? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. Listen, this is powerful. It's uh, Nate, Ted, uh, uh, Ted leaves, and Nate is just looking up at the sign again, where where Ted found him. And again, we get the shot from behind, and uh, we actually push in, which is so interesting as a choice of pushing in on the the open wall, which which we, we get a, a dissolve to then pushing in um, to the next match. Um, we're going to leave it there for today uh, with, with all of our, um, uh, all of our uh, love to the, the King of the Buttercups who just slammed the over on, uh, on how many, how many episodes it was going to take. I know it's crazy. Um, we could, we could get into the next episode uh, right away, but I, I really like the next scene and I want to sort of um, want to cook into that a little bit, a uh, little bit more than, that we probably will be able to have time for today. Um, Coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? This time around, I want to say you can find me in our community. Become a buttercup. Come hang out. It is a lot of fun. Deeply inappropriate at times. Also quite lovely at times. Sometimes both at the same time. Those are my favorites. So, yeah, anytime boss is involved, it's usually yeah. There's a, there's a bit of both, and I'm and I'm I'm totally with it. Um, but no, seriously, if you are checking this out and loving this and the deep dives, it's an extension of the whole spirit of the thing. And join us. Thank you, Coach Boss. What about you? Uh, well, you can find that whole uh, yin and yang dynamic that they just mentioned. Deeply beautiful and also wildly offensive. I'm going to say Blue Sky. I'm trying to get more into there right now um, and posting a couple of things about uh, one of my niece's reactions to watching The Lord of the Rings for the first time. Really great stuff. She's a genius oh. and I love her. Um, it, so it, it, although you can still find me at Twitter, both places is dumbly underscore chambers. 
and also writing at uh, The Antagonist, which is antagonistblog.com. Thank you, boss. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been on this journey with us. Uh, we'll be back next time with the the next uh, foray into the the, the Ted Lasso grand finale. Um, we urge you to support your local libraries and the written word. And until next time, we are Richmond, Richmond till, till we die. Die. Perfect. That's good. Bing bang Great. boom. Bob's your uncle. Bish bash boss. Bish bash boss. Bob's your uncle. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and The Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.